Welcome to Health Beat. My name is Brian Hazelgren, and I'm your host for Health Beat, and this is your Healthy Habits Zone. This is a show that's dedicated to healthy living and overall well-being. Think of this show as your source for optimal health, wealth, and balance in your life. This podcast, as always, is sponsored by rx to live your prescription for life. And as always, we want to thank Heroes Media Group and C-Suite Network Radio for the production and the distribution of this podcast. Today, I thought we would spend a few minutes on behavioral health initiatives. And the reason why I think this is important is because I think you will agree with me that we have an epidemic here in the United States, actually throughout the world, when it comes to behavioral health initiatives that are not going as we would all like them to. I want to read through some statistics that are alarming at best. And let's also talk about some solutions to these uh, problems that are out there and this epidemic that just keeps uh, growing. It doesn't seem to slow down. So um, here, uh, here's a couple of things that I wanted to share with you today because, you know, Serious mental illness is costing the, our country uh, an enormous amount of money. Uh, worldwide, I don't know what the number is worldwide, but just here in the U.S., it's getting close to $200 billion in lost earnings per year, according to businesses, because of mental illness. Well, if it's costing companies $200 billion, they're going to have to you know, recoup that somehow. So they do that by raising their prices. Well, we as consumers have to pay those prices. Um, we've seen an uptick in the mood disorders lately, especially in depression and bipolar disorder, certainly with anxiety. According to um, several different sources that you'll hear from today, this uh, issue, mood disorders, major depression issues, bipolar disorder, high anxiety. It's the third most common cause of hospitalization in the U.S. And that's for both youth and adults. So we all know that individuals who are living with a serious mental illness are also going to face an increased risk of um, chronic medical conditions. That's what our business is all about. We deal with patients and residents of senior care facilities, with veterans. We deal with employees at companies. And those individuals that are faced with chronic medical conditions, many of them are living with, with uh, a serious mental illness. In fact, uh, also according to psychiatric services, adults in the U.S. living with serious mental illness die on average 25 years earlier than others. And it's largely due to treatable medical conditions. Okay, that's a little scary. So if Americans more than ever are suffering from mental and emotional distress, then let's talk about some of these statistics that are out there, again, published by uh, or in the Journal of Psychiatric Services. 
which claims that almost 4% of the U.S. population, more than 8 million Americans, suffer from serious psychological distress, or SPD. Here's some of the Here's some of the few challenges that we are facing. Back in 2016, when another study was released by uh, the government and the CDC, deaths, so over 50,000 deaths occurred, occurred from opioid-related addictions. Prescription painkillers caused 40% of those deaths. Mood disorders are now the third most common cause of hospitalization in the U.S. I mentioned that one earlier. And mental illness is um, increasing while insurance coverage and effective treatments are declining. If you want to chat about the uh, opioid addiction, let's let's bring up what uh, the government set aside in 2018, and that was $6 billion just for the treatment of opioid addictions. So, you know, when I started thinking about some of these statistics, uh, which we talk about a lot in our business, this is, this is literally just the, the tip of the iceberg. So what can be done to help combat some of these troubling trends that we're seeing? Imagine for just a moment what good we could do if we were to focus more of our time and attention on preventative initiatives. What if we talked about early detection rather than the treatment after the fact and going back to Congress and asking them to set aside another $6 billion just for the treatment. How about if we get a handle on it before then? That's one of the things that we felt was important uh, about a year and a half ago in, in our business because we know we have a lot of work to do with behavioral health. Uh, we are making a little bit of a dent in the issues that are faced by millions of people throughout the world. And we're doing that through early detection. I'll cover that more in a little while. I want to, again, set the foundation here and paint the picture a little brighter for you as you listen to some of these statistics. Approximately one in five adults in the U.S., almost 44 million people, experience mental illness in a given year. 44 million people. Approximately 1 in 25 adults in the U.S., roughly just under 10 million, experience a serious mental illness in a given year that substantially interferes with or limits one or more major life activities. Approximately 1 in 5 youth, ages 13 to 18, experience a severe mental disorder at some point during their life. For children ages 8 to 15, the estimate is up over 30%, excuse me, 13%. 6.9% of the U.S. population also had at least one major depressive episode in the past year. 18% of the adults in the U.S. experienced an anxiety disorder such as post-traumatic stress, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and other specific phobias. And also among the 20 million adults in the U.S. who experienced a substance, um, substance use disorder, they had, they had some type of reoccurring mental illness. 
So in that number, uh, I mean, 20 million adults experience some type of um, mental or, excuse me, substance abuse disorder because it was from their mental illness. So we're not getting our arms around it, folks. I guess the, the point here is that there's a lot of statistics that I can keep reading off, and they're stunning. They're staggering. Um, but if you're thinking about, you know, what does this mean for me or my loved ones? I think we need to have a pretty serious discussion of what we can do to find early detection. Let me carry on with a couple of other ones here. Only 41% of the U.S. adult population with a mental health condition receives some type of mental health services. So less than half receive some type of a service if they know that they have a mental health condition. Just over half, 50.6% of children ages 8 to 15 received mental health services in the previous year. That's here in the U.S. Half of all the chronic mental illness begins by age 14, three quarters by age 24. So despite any type of effective treatment, there are still long delays. Sometimes it could be decades long between the first appearance of a symptom and when people finally actually get help. Over one-third, around 37% of, of students with a mental health condition that are ages 14 to 21 are served by special education dropout. It's the highest dropout rate of any disability group. Unfortunately, we also have to talk about suicide in this mix of behavioral health initiatives. Suicide is now the 10th leading cause of death in the, in the U.S., it's the third leading cause, cause of death for people, I'm just going to call them children and teenagers, from children and teenagers ages 10 to 14. Third leading cause of death. It's the second leading cause of death for individuals ages 15 to 24. And it's also been shown through many different studies that more than 90% of children who die by suicide have a mental health condition. Each day, there's an estimated 18 to 22 military veterans that die by suicide. So, okay, enough about the statistics and uh, some of the doses of reality that we have to face. Let's focus a little bit on how we can get the help for the millions of people that need uh, additional behavioral health initiative help in their life. We don't always have to, uh, I guess, fake it until we make it. I mean, I've, I was taught that as an athlete growing up. You know what? If you're hurt or if you're injured or even if you may not even be as good as, you, as your opponent, just keep faking it until you make it. That doesn't apply anymore in this particular uh, discussion when it comes to uh, mental health. So, yes, we want to be positive in life. But what happens when life doesn't go exactly as planned? Then what do we do? Then how do we react? What can we do to help smooth out some of those really difficult, trying times in our lives? Uh, some of those uh, um, cutting edges, I guess I'll call them that. Those are the things that we have to do, deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. How do we deal with life-altering mental illness or even accidents that cause a mental 
illness. So those are some of the things I want to talk about uh, in a little bit greater detail today. Um, also, the, you know, I think now is the time to just have a good discussion with yourself, maybe even with your friends or your family, or your colleagues about dealing with behavioral health issues. If you're having a challenge with whatever those issues may be, just know that there's a support group out there. It's your friends, it's your family, it's your colleagues, but you, you have to take the first step. You have to take the initiative. You have to even do something as simple as starting writing down your thoughts and feelings. You know, what has happened in your life in the last six months, three months, 12 months, last five years that has caused you to feel high anxiety or depression? I think the best way to solve any of those challenges is not only to write those issues down, but to also have uh, someone to share them with. I decided to create a whole system on being positive. And I realized fully that, you know, this is not, life is not, you can't just force yourself to be positive. And no one on the planet that I'm aware of is always positive 24-7, 365 days a year. At some point, we have things that happen in our lives that cause us to reflect and think about, well, you know, why am I doing this? Uh, or I can't handle this anymore. Or I'm completely, utter, utterly numb and paralyzed for my thought processes. I don't even know what next step to take. So we all have felt that, I'm sure, at some point in our lives. I know I have. So my opinion is that the best way to solve any challenges is to begin speaking about it. That's why we're talking about it today. I think we've uh, already established earlier in another podcast that, you, that there are many different things that you can think of uh, for help and assistance. So review, one of the, review the podcast earlier on uh, uh, some other uh, brain issues that we talked about. And I think as we begin, we begin to start speaking about it and sharing ideas, the rest will flow and it'll fall into place. But, you know, where's the solution? If we, if we see that these statistics are running rampant and we see that individuals with serious mental health issues um, today, that when they're faced with those serious mental health issues, it's also uh, bleeding over into the chronic medical conditions that they're also facing. So that's why I decided to not only write the little book, uh, Positive People Make Things Happen, which is full of positive affirmations. That's a fun little book. It's an easy read. So Positive People Make Things Happen because neg negative thoughts breed contention and conflict and despair. Another little affirmation here. Positive people make things happen because every minute spent being negative robs them of a minute of feeling happy. Positive people make things happen because life is too short to be negative and unhappy. Positive people make things happen because they believe that a rut stands for run until triumphant. Positive people make things happen because they don't stop trying and will keep pursuing their dreams. What dreams do you have? What dreams do you want to accomplish? Don't let mental illness, don't let behavioral health or poor behavioral health stand in your way. 
Positive people make things happen because they've learned how to laugh at all of the naysayers. We've all had those in our lives. Positive people make things happen because negative voices don't matter, except to become the fuel to achieve greater things. So that's in that book, Positive People Make Things Happen. You can get a copy of that on my website. Uh, it'll also be on Amazon, but it's a fun little book, fun little read. In fact, I've actually had uh, uh, a couple of kids come up to me. I had uh, an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old come up to me and said they read the book. One of them read it four times. Said he loved, the, loved reading through it. Um, there, uh, that book then was followed up by um, a training system called Mastering Positive Thinking and How High is Your Positive Quotient. So that mastering positive thinking is actually literally uh, a workshop and a whole coaching system on not only just getting a positive, positive attitude, but also maintaining that positive attitude. Mastering positive thinking. That's also uh, uh, goes into a lot of depth and detail. And in fact, in one area in that book, actually two different areas, there's one that you've heard another podcast on called the, uh, uh, herbal solutions to reducing stress that ties into what we're talking about today. And then there's another uh, section in the book that is specifically uh, designed to have a conversation and some training and education about behavioral health initiatives, the things that we're talking about today in this podcast, and also some of the statistics that I was reading about earlier that actually came from that particular section of the book. So just wanted you to be aware that uh, there, are, there are some solutions out there. So what are, what are some of those solutions? Aside from um, reading through my two books here, Positive People Make Things Happen and Mastering Positive Thinking, what other solutions are there? Well, I believe that there's early detection. I believe there's better health and well-being discussions that we can have. I think we can all use more exercise that helps re release the endorphins and helps us lower our cortisol levels and, and uh, makes us feel better. I think there's ways that we can look uh, and consciously reduce our stress. I think we can put down the 44 ounce soda or the 16 ounce energy drink with a donut <laughs> every day. That's not helping any of the mental illnesses that we may face. I think we can have better supplements in our systems and that also match our DNA. By the way, um, I don't know if we've ever really gone into depth and detail. We have a product uh, that is uh, meant to help you unlock um, the key to your, what I'm going to call optimal health. It's, uh, it's our DNA, it's our genetic uh, blueprint DNA roadmap. And it's a test that you take. It's a simple swab of your mouth. It's not an ancestry um, type of DNA test. This is literally testing for the types of genetics and genetic markers that we have within our bodies. So this test literally concentrates on the most researched and really the highly, the high, high, highly functional genetic markers 
that are encoded for fat sensitivity, for insulin re resistance, for glucose, glucose imbalance, and even your physiological responses to exercise. It's a pretty cool test. So we, we provide those results in a customized uh, fashion. You can see what your, basically how you can adjust your epigenetics to match your genetics. Um, so with your epigenetics, that's how um, your genetics interact with the environment. Epigenetics is what that's called. And think of your genetics as the tools and your epigenetics as, as how those tools are actually used. What actions need to be taken. So you can use those tools in various ways, but when you use them for their intended purpose, you can literally produce the most efficient results for you specifically to find your optimal health. So epigenetics are things like diet and exercise and nutrition, exposure to toxins in the sun, um, could even be your lifestyle and maybe getting more sleep and more rest. And like I said earlier, putting down the 16 ounce energy drink every, you may have three times a day. <laughs> I hope you don't have it that many, but I know of many people that do. Um, anyway, so when your genes are stimulated, you're, it, it's physically expressed throughout your body. So if I would encourage you, if you, want to know more about taking a DNA test and it's a very inexpensive way to figure out what your workout regimen should look like specifically for your genetic markers, what your meal plan should look like and how you lose weight based on your genetic markers, whether or not you even have sensitivities to fats and carbs and what does that look like and do you need more protein in your, in your diet? Your DNA will tell you, it's your roadmap for wellness. And then uh, your DNA will also tell you what type of supplements you specifically need in your system. So, again, back to the solution. Uh, I'm, I'm not just here to promote one of our products. I, I want it works. I mean, it actually gives you that roadmap to your better wellness. So, if you haven't had uh, your your test taken, then get in touch with me. Go to the website. You can see a link there. Um, you can go to brianhazelgren.com. Uh, we also have uh, uh, another uh, area that I'll give to you at the end of the podcast here because we just put a new website up that I want you to know about. Um, but you can go to our company as well, rxtolive.com. That'll show you where, uh, that'll give you some information too on uh, the, the DNA program or the DNA genetic blueprint test. In other words, you need to take that. So. Today, um, I know there's a lot of things that we've covered. I know that there are areas within uh, the behavioral health system that we, we literally should be speaking of in much more depth and detail. Uh, but I do want you to take on a couple of things here. Again, back to you know, early detection and what's the solution. Um, take one of, our, one of our screenings. We have a screening program that is just very cool. It, it screens you for uh, 22 different behavioral health initiatives. And those screenings can be literally something that will help you with early detection. So you can, you can, have the, you can use technology, take one of the screenings, 
and see where you're at for um, your particular behavioral health initiative or your, your overall wellness. I believe that uh, with whenever you take a, a screening like that, it's, it's actually kind of an eye-opener, especially with your physician, because uh, I'll just be honest with you. When I go to my physician, um, he doesn't ask me if, my, if I'm feeling any um, anxiety or depression or PTS or any other emotional or behavioral uh, disorders that may have uh, cropped up in my life. We, and if he does ask me, it's on a paper. And uh, I fill it out in the waiting room and then uh, just basically look it over and throw it in my file. We don't really bring it up. Well, that's not the way to look at early detection. So I, I'd like you to start figuring out, you know, take some, take some notice here and figure out, uh, you know, how, how are you feeling? How often are you feeling depressed or any anxiety? Last time uh, you talked to your physician about some of these things that you're feeling. And are you getting plenty of exercise? Are you, are you getting exercise at least three to five days a week for 30 minutes? Are you drinking enough water every day, 60 to 120 ounces every day? Are you getting enough sleep at night, seven to nine hours? So if you're not getting any of those things in your life, then change up your, your routine. And if you have to change your life, sometimes you also have to change your relationships. That's another topic, another discussion. We'll cover that at another time. Today, it's really about helping you find that balance in your life with behavioral health initiatives. It's you finding ways for early detection. If there's something going on in your life, start talking about it. Do what we're doing today. Have a conversation about it. Let's figure out what the best balance is for you. And as we release some of these new products like uh, or training systems like Positive People Make Things Happen or uh, Mastering Positive Thinking, then, then take advantage of things like that. Whether it's my material or someone else's, uh, take advantage of things that have been written to help you find that balance in your life. I think it's a great discussion. I think we want to keep continue on with it uh, uh, as well in future episodes. So stay tuned uh, for other things that are coming up. So I want to thank you for, let's wrap up for today. I want to thank you for tuning into HealthBeat. This is, again is your healthy habit zone. I want to thank uh, rx to live for sponsoring the podcast. And again, thank Heroes Media Group and C-Suite Network Radio for the production and the distribution of this podcast. For now, this is Brian Hazelgren signing off. But there will be more to come. There will be more tips, more innovative ideas, amazing guests, and even healthy services and products that will allow you to find your optimal level of health, wealth, and balance. I hope you make it a great day. Thanks for joining me.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.